This episode of The Incubator is proudly sponsored by Chiesi. Do you find yourself juggling multiple websites and clinical tools as you care for your patients? NeoCarePal is a resource providing access to multiple clinical calculators in just one place. To learn more, visit nicuconnections.com backslash NeoCarePal. This is The Incubator, a weekly discussion about new advances in neonatology and the fascinating individuals who make this progress possible. I am Dr. Ben Korsha. And I'm Dr. Daphne Yasova-Barbeau. We are neonatal intensive care physicians. Welcome. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. We are uh, at the NEC Symposium. We are joined with Dr. Carl Sylvester. Uh, Carl, tell us a little bit about uh, who you are, where you're from, and uh, what uh, brought you to the NEC Symposium today. Yeah, thanks for inviting me on. Sure. Um, I am I'm going to ask you to get closer to the mic so that we can sure. actually hear you pretty well. I am a pediatric surgery uh, at Stanford University. I'm a professor of surgery and pediatrics and an associate dean of research there. And I've had a long-standing scholarly interest in necrotizing enterocolitis. It started when I was a fellow, devastating disease, sudden onset, saw tons of cases, continued into faculty, and like the rest of the folks who are in attendance today, um, or these past couple of days, I'm really interested in trying to solve this problem. So my research for the last 20 years, literally, has been towards that end. Mm-hmm. And tell us a little bit about uh, some of the things you presented at uh, the symposium. Yeah, I was very fortunate to be invited back, uh, which mm-hmm. is nice. I was at the first next symposium back in Davis uh, uh-huh. some eight years ago or so. So I was in the session yesterday afternoon. This was around tools uh, to help us better understand, diagnose, and treat necrotizing enterocolitis. And so I've identified, I think, uh, an area that's really largely been under underexplored in understanding the mechanism and where does that come from, how does it occur, that is metabolism. Mm-hmm. So there's been a lot of excitement and increase in number of tools in the omic space. And one of those ohms, if you will, is our look, our ability to look at and categorize what are the microbes in the baby's gut. And others have published on this, that there seems to be a really important contribution uh, with some really potential bad pathogens appearing in the baby's um, gut, as measured in baby poop, right. in the days and weeks preceding necrotizing enterocolitis, but we've never really looked closely at what are those bugs doing to actually cause neck. And so my research is focused on the interaction between the microbes that line the baby's gut during the first couple of weeks of life in the NICU and the, the substrate, in this case, enteral feedings that they see, whether it's breast milk or formula, and how that might then trigger uh, the injury that we know clinically as necrotizing enterocolitis. And you're doing clinical research or, or yeah, animal? Both. It's, a, it's a bit of both. So it's what I would say is translational, which is we make observations in human babies by looking at samples in the poop, the urine, or the blood. Uh, that allows us to derive some hypotheses that we can then focus in on and test things more specifically or in a more targeted fashion that sometimes go to animal models, uh, cellular models, to test those hypotheses and then move back towards what does this tell us about better diagnoses or therapeutic options in babies. We're trying to do this podcast for people who, for whatever reason, didn't really have the opportunity to be here with us. And I think if I'm in the car listening to this, um, I would want someone to ask the question, any pattern that you've identified? Oh, that, yes. Uh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> for sure. Again, you know, this is published. And so I don't want to say it's totally preliminary, but I think we've taken it in a direction that um, 
was needed and mm -hmm. is the, perhaps the next logical step to observations by those who came before us, which is, again, you've got this um, pattern of colonization of the newborn gut in our preemies in the NICU who are particularly at, at risk for necrotizing enterocolitis. And it's actually true of all babies in the NICU. Um, because of their exposures, they get this um, taxobacteria called Enterobacteriaceae. And for the listeners and everyone else, you could think of the Klebsiella as the E. coli and the Enterococcus and Enterobacter that we worry about that, that mm -hmm. cause clinical infection. And so what our work did was is to look at what were those bugs doing. And by looking at their genes and then looking at the byproducts or short-chain fatty acids that they produce. And the insight was is that actually when they're highly colonized with these bugs, which many babies are, and perhaps you have stasis, they begin to ferment some of the substrate there, some of the carbohydrate, and they produce this toxic substance known as formic acid. Formic mm. acid is a very short-chain fatty acid. Believe it or not, it's fire ant venom. So it's well mm. studied and understood in nature, and it is toxic to a Yeah, that sounds bad. Yeah, not yeah. good. You don't want formic <laughs> That's acid right. as a stinger. No. You can avoid it. So as it turns out, um, then we tested it in animal models and showed that a developmentally immature animal uh, and various cellular types that are not completely have mature um, capabilities are super sensitive and they die mm. exposed to formic acid. So the hypothesis goes is that you're born, you're colonized, we start feedings, you've got baseline inflammation, and then this fermentation process or metabolism takes place and creates these toxic substances that then cause an acute injury. Forming so acid. that's Incredible. a thread that we're going to continue to pull on as far as is that, how is that contributing, if at all, to necrotizing enterocolitis, but it looks promising so far. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then if that's the case, it seems like there are multiple points where we could potentially intervene? Yeah, great question um, and great point. So I spent a good decade trying to develop tools. They were largely mm -hmm. based on diagnosis diagnosis, and prognosis. It was in the larger space called biomarkers. Mm -hmm. Biomarkers are also helpful to understand pathophysiology, so what's going on with the biology that precedes mm -hmm. the onset. So what does that do? It leads us to the space of prevention, and I really think that's where the greatest promise in necrotizing enterocolitis is going to be, and much like the Neck Society's banner is a world without neck, I agree. I mean, what can we do? to uh, reduce neck to an irreducible minimum. And I think that perhaps is in within, within reach with some of the insights that my lab is producing as well as those of many, many others. But for me, my money is on um, the prevention side of things. So how can we build a healthy microbial uh, system in the baby's mm -hmm. newborn gut, pairing with breast milk always, as nature intended going forward to avoid some of these things with neck being the worst case scenario. But there's a lot of other things that mm -hmm. babies are vulnerable for that likely, more than likely, the microbiome is also contributing. I think sometimes those of us in a mostly clinical space forget how much work and how much lead time goes into figuring out the problem. And as you've discussed, just creating the tools to do the work, it sounds like some of the tools that are being created that were discussed here actually could help us with the diagnosis of lots of problems. Yeah, no question. So, um, you know, the golden rule of biology, a gene becomes a transcript or an RNA, becomes a protein sometimes interacts and creates metabolites. And so if you look up and down that spectrum, you've had a variety of investigators present over the last two days looking at each of these different compartments. And that's what we do. We really focus on what's called the metabolome and lipids, which are kind of the last step, if you will, in deciding or determining what your outwardly facing appearance or phenotype is. It really kind of is the, um, the currency of cells and systems talking to each other. And so we built on the shoulders of others because the high-throughput analysis of things like the metabolome, the lipidome, and the computation, right? So you need the data scientists to pull all this together. And so this is really a team sport built on the efforts of others. That's all in the toolkit to provide new insights in particular to this devastating disease. And you've told us a lot about your work in NEC, but actually your research interests are pretty are broad and they have interfaced with uh, uh, in the pediatric space and the prenatal space um, quite a bit. 
What is your tip for collaborating in a multidisciplinary way? Oh, goodness. Uh, there's always smarter people than you who've got better, <laughs> better tools and ideas. And so That's why we have the podcast. Yeah, you no, can talk to smarter people. Well, in reality, <laughs> coming to a meeting like this, and it's you know, where the magic occurs, and everyone will tell you this, is that at the coffee breaks and at lunch where you sit down and you start to exchange ideas and say, hey, I heard you talk about blah, blah, blah. Can you explain a little bit more about this? And the next thing you know, you've struck up a, a collaboration. And it's true at our home institutions, but it's also true nationally, internationally, when you come to meetings like this and you meet folks, then you had no idea what they were doing. And more to your point is that although we might be studying these kind of tools and systems in a newborn baby, we've taken some of this research actually into um, uh, toddlers and, and other kids and try to look at how their metabolism might be affecting their health trajectory. So it's um, translatable across a whole broad variety of, of health maladies. Carl, thank you so much for dropping by. Hey, it's been my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much. Cheers. Have a safe trip home. Thank you. Thank you for listening to The Incubator. If you like this episode, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcast or the Apple Podcast website. You can find other episodes of The Incubator and new shows from The Incubator Network on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or the podcast app of your choice. We would love to hear from you, so feel free to send us questions, comments, or suggestions to our email address, nikupodcast at gmail.com, or by visiting our website, www.the dash incubator.org you can also message the show on instagram or x formerly known as twitter at nikki podcast thanks again for listening and see you next time this podcast is intended to be purely for entertainment and informational purposes and should not be construed as medical advice if you have any medical concerns please see your primary care practitioner thank you